Hello, South Kitsap students. This is Ms. Camille, the student assistant prof professional here at South Kitsap High School. Today, I will be talking with you about a strategy and a technique that I created in order to accomplish a lot of different things, but primarily to help just create more balance in life and help us kind of stay on track with the things that are important, which include both our responsibilities, whether that's uh, school, work, you know, and all that kind of stuff, but also our self-care. Um, so I noticed with a lot of students and a lot of even staff, there's a, you know, a continuous conversation going on right now about just feeling overwhelmed and just burnt out and there's you know so much to do and it's so hard to kind of find that balance and get everything done and stay you know above board, if you will. And there's just kind of this concern that it's really affecting people's mental health and affecting their grades. And so I thought that this was... Uh, a great opportunity to share this information with you guys on a more public platform um, because I do have these conversations individually with students, uh, but I thought it'd be good to kind of have a episode that summarizes it for you guys to be able to reference and use for your benefit. So the system that I created, um, you know, system might seem like an intimidating word, but it's not. It's it's just a kind of technique, if you will, or trick um, even that I created, I just kind of reference it as like setting minimums and maximums, which basically is a fancy way of putting boundaries on the different areas of your life um, in order to help you succeed and help you take care of yourself and help you continue to move forward in whatever it is in your life that is a main responsibility right now. So for most of you guys, that would be school. Um, so the purpose isn't to make you feel like school has to be your whole world. It isn't to make you feel stressed about all of your responsibilities. It's actually designed to really help you kind of bring good boundaries into your life um, towards school and towards your home life to help you stay, you know, in a healthy place with both aspects of your life, both school and your personal life and, you know, your time to yourself, your time with your friends or, you know, whatever it is. Um, so I will just walk you through it and talk to you about how it can impact your life and how you can apply it, give some examples. Um, so the first thing that I teach our students about, I teach you guys about is setting minimums. And so what I mean by that is saying, even on your absolute worst day, you feel like total garbage, you don't want to do anything. Um, this is what I'm going to expect from myself, right? Setting that minimum expectation. And so that minimum is designed to cover you, right? To cover your back and to make sure that even on your worst day, you're not, you know, messing yourself up to the point where there's a big consequence later. Um, and so that minimum is there to to accomplish that, right? To help you continue to move forward even on your worst day so that you don't get too far behind or if you are behind, it helps you kind of catch up, stuff like that. Um, and it's also there to help with self-esteem. So I know that might sound a little bit strange, but basically when we fall behind on whatever it is that we think that we should be further ahead on, whether that's, you know, how often we spend time with friends or our chores or our homework or whatever it is that's an area of our life that is important to us and we feel like we aren't giving it the attention that it needs or deserves or it should have or anything like that, it can be kind of a self-esteem hit, right? We can kind of feel bad about ourselves, feel guilty, feel ashamed, and that can cause... Um, 
cycles of, you know, unhealthy habits or unhealthy choices or just just not feeling good, right? And we don't, we don't want to do that. We want to give you tools that are going to allow you to recognize that you are a fully capable person, that you are, you know, you have the ability to be successful. You have the ability to move forward. Like even in the state of the world today and with all the stuff that we are all dealing with, that doesn't mean that you aren't fully capable of succeeding. And so this system, this practice, it helps you recognize that even on your worst day, you are still capable of accomplishing something. So an example of a minimum is you look at an area of life that you are responsible for and you say, okay, even at my worst day when I don't want to get out of bed and when I don't want to deal with anyone and I have a, you know, totally terrible attitude, what am I going to do? What am I going to commit myself to that I can handle. So this isn't designed to be something that would be a normal everyday expectation. It's not designed to be like, you know, if you have four classes, say most of us uh, or most of you at South Kitsap have four classes and then you have assignments based on those classes, that's not a minimum, right? Going to every class and doing every assignment, that is not a minimum. That's like a general like middle ground, if that makes sense. So a minimum is but the lowest amount that you're willing to commit to, but you're still committing to something, right? It's really important for your mental health, for your physical health, for your education, you know, just for what you have going on to commit yourself to something. Um, so an example of a minimum is if I, you know, if I was a student, just example, if I was a student and I had four classes and in those four classes, each one gave me a daily assignment and then there was like one big project that I had to do. Well, my minimum is not going to be to go to every class, right? My minimum is, okay, I'm having such a horrible day. I don't feel good. I don't want to deal with anyone. So I'm going to go to one class or I'm going to go to two classes, right? Something that's less than what the quote unquote standard would be. And then you do the same thing for homework. So you're like, okay, today I was assigned, you know, four daily tasks and one big assignment. Well, I'm going to do you know, two of those daily tasks and I'm going to do one third of that assignment or something like that, right? So you take what would be expected of you and you, you know, make it, chop it down to what you think is manageable even on a day where you feel sick or where you feel totally unmotivated or whatever it is. So what this accomplishes is it makes sure that you're not wasting your time and you're not kind of wallowing in the negative thoughts or feelings that you have. You're not allowing that to get on top of you. Instead, you're saying, okay, yeah, I do feel bad. Yeah, I don't feel at my best, but I am still a capable person. I am still someone who has the ability to move forward. And so that's what I'm going to do. It might not look like that set middle standard that should, you know, that quote unquote should happen every day, but at least it's something. So that's going to be, you know, a good ego boost because when you don't feel good, right, whether that's emotionally, mentally, physically, right, we tend to want to not do things, right, or at least not do what we're expected to do. And so kind of giving yourself this standard and giving yourself this expectation it allows you to feel accomplished. And feeling accomplished is 
actually a really strong motivator. So that's something that can be um, a good lesson to learn and understand is that if you set the bar at something where you know, yeah, it might be a little bit of a push, but ultimately I know that I have the capacity to get that done, you're going to feel accomplished. And that feeling of accomplishment is going to continue to help you propel forward. So it kind of has this cascading effect, right? So a lot of times with emotional and mental health, things can have kind of a cascading effect, both positively and negatively. And so that can be difficult, right? Because if you don't feel good and you feel depressed or you feel anxious or you feel, you know, whatever it is, overwhelmed, right? It's really easy to kind of get lost in that feeling and then continue down that feeling. But the same is true for positive emotions, right? It's like um, you can feel accomplished And that can help motivate you to continue to accomplish, right? You can feel happy and that can help motivate you to continue to pursue things that make you feel happy, right? And so there's kind of this uh, sort of contagious effect that can occur and you want to use that to your advantage. So that's why I set the minimums is not only does it have a very practical use, where practically it makes sure that you only fall so far behind in school and make sure that you're still chipping away at your expectations. But then mentally, your mental health is also being supported because it's helping encourage you and helping remind you that you have all of these abilities and that you have this within your grasp and within your control to continue to be somebody who accomplishes whatever it is that they need to accomplish. Um, So setting a minimums, that's what it's like to set it for school, right? You look at what's expected of you and then you say, okay, even on my worst day, this is what I'm still going to have myself do. Um, And another thing to know about minimums is you want to use that as the backup plan, right? Your, Your I'm having a terrible day plan. You don't want it to be the this is how I'm gonna handle every day, every single day plan. You know, if you're having a good day, if you have the energy, if you have the drive or motivation or time or whatever it is, then, you know, expect more from yourself than that minimum. That minimum is just there as a boundary and as a safety net to really help you continue on with, you know, a a decent amount of um, forward motion. So, The other minimum that I teach people, because it's really important to take both areas of your life seriously, not just what's being expected of you and not just what your like requirements are, but you, you yourself as an individual, your personal life is extremely important. Your, you know, time that you spend investing in yourself, because school is an investment in, in yourself of a certain kind, but there's also other ways to invest in yourself and in your mental health, your social health, your emotional health, right? Your physical health. You need to invest in yourself and you need to take that seriously. And so I often will teach people not just how to set a minimum when it comes to school, but also to set a minimum when it comes to self-care. So you can set a minimum in any area of your life and it's totally up to you if you choose to set it in other areas besides school and self-care. But those are the ones that I recommend to be the primary focus, especially when you're starting out. If this kind of process of um, of doing this and setting those boundaries is very new for you, it's really important that you do it in the main thing that you're responsible for and then, the, and then you, right? You as an individual. Um, so setting a minimum with self-care. There's kind of two ways that you can do that. 
Um, you can do it either in amount of time, right? The amount of time that you spend on self-care or the number of activities. So you can say like duration of time or you can say quantity of activities. Uh, I tend to personally recommend the number of activities over the amount of time um, just because we can't always control how much time we have. Um, you know, other things will come up in life, especially unexpected things. You know, maybe your friend wants to hang out and you haven't seen them in two weeks or whatever, um, you know, that kind of stuff. Or your family needs your help or something, right? There's all these things that can kind of invade your time. Um, so having a time minimum can be difficult. doesn't mean it's impossible. It just means, um, you know, sometimes it's harder. And then you want to make sure that whatever minimum you're setting, it's easy to accomplish because that's what's going to help with the ego boost. That's going to what's going to help you maintain a habit. If you set it too high, um, you're just going to judge yourself and feel down when you don't accomplish it. And it's going to do the opposite of what it was intended. So I tend to recommend that people choose um, the amount of activities over the quantity of time. And I usually recommend three activities. Now, activities can be absolutely anything. I do recommend that you change it up, that there's like some variety, but I'm not talking about, you know, an hour long hike every time or something like that. What I'm talking about is simply recognizing that you, when you make a conscious effort to take care of yourself and you say, I am doing this for my own health and well-being, that has a big impact on your mental health and your ability to handle stress, your ability to focus, like all these different things are impacted by whether or not you spend time investing in yourself. So when you set a minimum towards your self-care and you say, okay, you know, every day or every other day or on Tuesdays and Thursdays, whatever it is that you think you can handle, you say, I'm going to do three things to take care of myself, no matter what this day looks like, no matter what happens, no matter who I do or do not talk to, this minimum is, I am not going to like go under this amount, right? I'm going to do at least three things to take care of myself, even on my worst day where I don't even feel like getting out of bed. And so um, I tend to talk people through the different options with self-care and I'm actually going to have a whole episode where I go really in depth about your various options of self-care because there are kind of a lot of different categories and avenues and maybe that's not something that's like immediately obvious to everybody. But I recommend that especially during COVID because we are isolated, we're, you know, quarantining and there's just all these, the world's a different place right now, that one of those self-care activities has to do with your physical health. Um, so that can be, you know, eating a good meal, that can be um, making sure that you're like warm enough that day if it's too cold, right? Wearing the best sweatshirt you own or something like that. Like it doesn't have to be complicated. Um, it can be a hygiene related thing. Like, you know, a lot of people um, now, because so many people are staying home so frequently and so often, their hygiene might not be, their hygiene routine might not be as rigorous as it was when they were going to school every day or they're leaving the house every day. So your self-care thing, you know, if you are used to before COVID, you brushed your hair every day, but then, you know, now that we're in COVID, maybe you don't do it every day. Well, maybe one of your self-care things that day is to brush your hair, you know, or maybe one of your self-care things is to wear a nice outfit that makes you feel good, right? That makes you feel like, oh, I'm dressed up or whatever, even if you're not going anywhere. Because 
the way that you treat your body, it sends messages to your brain. And so your mental health is really affected by the way that you treat your body, including the way that you dress or the way that you, you know, brush your teeth and brush your hair and wash your face and, you know, kind of do those things. So when you take care of yourself in that way, when you take care of your hygiene, what you're telling your body is like, I care about myself. I care about, you know, feeling good and taking care of myself and having a healthy lifestyle. And that message is super important. Um, So I usually recommend that, you know, at least one of those activities is something like that, whether that's you know, flossing extra good that time or something like that. Or, you know, who knows, right? It doesn't matter. Maybe for girls, it's like putting on makeup that day, even though they're not leaving the house. I mean, like, it doesn't matter what it is. What matters is that you're taking care of yourself. Um, You know, and then the other ones, I recommend things that just that you enjoy, right? That bring you joy, that make you happy, um, that kind of can maybe switch your brain into a different gear. Um, There are a lot of coping skills out there that fall under the category of distraction, right? Distracting coping skills, which basically means there's absolutely nothing wrong with them, but what they accomplish is distracting you from life and your problems and your stress, which short term is a very good thing, long or not a very good thing, but it's a good thing, right? It helps you. Long term, it might not be the best because in reality, it doesn't solve anything. Um, And so, you know, it's okay to have some of your coping skills and some of your activities be be fall under that category of just distractions. So distractions include things like playing Xbox or playing Animal Crossing or watching TikTok videos or, right, stuff that like your brain doesn't really have to analyze and interpret and process the same way it would with, you know, something that's more active participation. Um, Those types of coping skills are totally fine. Everybody uses them, including adults, right? Including staff. Plenty of people watch TV after work or whatever it is. But you want to make sure that you have variety. You want to make sure that not every single one of your coping skills is a distraction because, like I said, distraction is a short-term relief. It is not a long-term solution. Um, so that's important. You have to also choose things in which you're investing in yourself. Um, so other options are, you know, obviously physical activity of any kind. It doesn't have to be some huge time commitment and it doesn't have to be com- complex. Maybe all you do is walk around your neighborhood, just one lap around your neighborhood, and that literally takes two to five minutes you still did it, right? You still got outside, you still got up off your couch or off your bed or off whatever that you've been sitting on all day and you didn't look at a screen and you, you know, got fresh air, like that makes a big difference. And so even if that walk was five minutes long or 10 minutes long, you made the conscious and deliberate effort to take care of yourself and that is gonna help your mental and physical health. Um, So it's good to have some of those coping skills um, and some of those self-care options be activity related. Obviously, if you love playing sports, like play sports, you know, stay safe. And, you know, it's your it's your responsibility to figure out how you're going to do that, especially in this COVID environment. But there are plenty of physical activities in which you can social distance. So I'll just 
say that and leave it at that and you can kind of choose which ones you're interested in. Um, if you're not interested in doing anything outdoors, then okay, then find physical activity that's indoors. You know, maybe you do 10 crunches, maybe you do 10 jumping jacks, maybe you walk up and down the stairs in your house three times or something. Um, but just something that kind of changes up your routine. That's another thing that can really, really help your mental health is do things that you don't normally do. Change up your routine because your brain wants to be entertained. Like your brain kind of acts like a puppy sometimes where like it just wants to play and it wants to run around and it wants to, you know, sniff things. And when you do things that are out of the norm for you, that activity, that excitement, you know, can be really good for your mental health. And on top of that, like, as most of us know, when you do physical activity, it releases endorphins and endorphins combat cortisol, which is the primary, um, the primary thing that's released in your body due to stress. And that causes all, a lot of ailments related to stress, right? So you're combating stress when you do physical activity. So that's another reason why, you know, it's a good to consider your options as physical activity. Not all of them, of course, but, you know, to try to work that in every once in a while. So I talked a lot about setting minimums, but it's very important, especially with self-care. You like the more you recognize that taking care of yourself is not something to ignore or put aside or save for later, the more energy you're going to have, the more, you know, hope you're going to have, the more comfortable you're going to be in your own body. Like there's so, so many aspects of your mental health that is affected by whether or not you make the conscious and deliberate effort to take care of yourself. And so I really want to encourage you to recognize how important you are and how much you deserve your own attention. Um, so setting maximums, right? The other end of this scale, the other end of this boundary, right? So we have a minimum where we're making sure that we're doing more than playing Xbox all day or more than sitting on our phone all day. We're setting minimums to take care of ourselves. Now we set maximums. So maximums can cover you no matter which extreme that you experience. So whether you're somebody who experiences, you know, maybe you're a workaholic, right? Maybe you're somebody who is really good at focusing on what you are being held responsible for, whether it's school or otherwise, but kind of to the point where it starts to invade other areas of your life, you know, where you work almost too much. Um, so it's going to help people who have that that issue or concern. Um, it can also help people who have the opposite issue or concern. Maybe you're somebody who, you know, tends to be on the lazy side. You tend to relax a lot, right? You tend to watch TV and play video games and sit on TikTok and do things that you aren't necessarily investing in yourself. You're just giving yourself a break, but you do a break for a long time, right? It can help both of those with both of those extremes. Um, so setting a maximum says, you know, even on my best day, so for the people who struggle with working too much, even on my best day, I am not going to exceed this limit so that I leave time and space for other areas of my life because my full life is important. Having a full life is important, um, you know, and you deserve to give time and energy towards you know, whether or not you're eating a good meal or whether or not you're spending time with friends and all these other things. So 
for those who struggle with work, um, their schoolwork or other work or whatever, you know, chores, whatever it is, kind of invading most of their time or invading too much of their time and not leaving them with enough energy for anything else, this is going to help you kind of rein it in a little bit and take better care of yourself overall so that you're not getting burnt out. You're not getting like just so tired by all the things that you have to do all the time and you're not feeling like whatever you're responsible for, whether it's school or work or both, that that's your whole life because that's not what we want for you. We want you to have a well-rounded, healthy life. Um, So a maximum is when, you know, on your best day, which is usually, you know, you're feeling good, you got motivation, you have a ton of energy, you're just like, oh yeah, like I can do this. A lot of times, a lot of times, including adults, you know, including people who are not in high school, right? We have this this struggle where we think because we have all this energy, because we have all this motivation, we need to burn that all up on our quote unquote work. And so we just like go and go and go and go and go and go and go until we can't go anymore. And then we're like, you know, and then we just are exhausted and then that's it. Um, And because we think that that's the only version of productivity that matters, work productivity or school productivity. And that just simply isn't true. Um, So setting a maximum is saying, I, even on my best day, even when I have all the energy in the world, I am going to make sure that I leave some of that energy for cooking or for hanging out with my friends or for going on a walk. And I'm not going to burn off all that energy on just my work and only my work. So say, you know, back to the example, four classes, four daily assignments, one large project. If you have all the energy in the world that day, maybe you have all the energy to do all four classes and all four daily assignments and that one big project. And then you just keep going and you're like, okay, you know, I'm going to get ahead in this class or I'm going to get all three big projects done or something. You need to not burn yourself out, right? That's what we're trying to avoid. So if the daily expectation is four classes, four daily assignments, and your big project isn't due till, you know, it's Monday and it isn't due till Friday or something like that, maybe your maximum is just finishing that big project and that's it. That's it. Like you can have other big projects and other classes and even though you know more work could have been done, you don't have to burn yourself out. So you can say, okay, larger picture, you know, by the end of the month, I have, say, three large assignments, and I have the energy to finish more than just one. Okay, well, that doesn't mean that you're required to finish all three that day. It means that you're allowed to invest some of that energy in other areas of your life. So you say, this large project um, is due on Friday, I'm getting it done a whole week early. Well, that's good. That's plenty, right? Is is just an example. Obviously, you have to figure out those numbers for yourself based on what you have going in life. And, you know, this can um, relate to people who maybe you're really good at keeping up with school and that's amazing. Maybe you're somebody who you're, you know, you're struggling and you're falling behind and that's okay, right? Like this is a strange, strange time. It is really hard 
to not have us in person, to not have the structure of school, to not have that additional support and that social environment to keep you kind of focused in on what you're doing. So maybe you're somebody who's, you know, 10 assignments behind or 30 assignments behind or whatever it is. And you say, okay, I have all this energy. I can not only get my daily assignments done, but there's so much energy I can get like a bunch of my past assignments done. Well, don't burn yourself out trying to do them all, right? So say you're somebody who has 10 you know, missing assignments and you're just like, oh, I'm just going to work and work and work and work and work until I drop. That's going to make you feel overwhelmed because even if you get it all done, right? Best case scenario, you had 10 missing assignments, you got all 10 done. The next day you're going to be like, man, like I worked so hard yesterday. Like, I don't know if I want to keep doing that, right? Like those kind of thoughts will start creeping in because you burned yourself out. And so you don't want to do that. So, If you have 10 missing assignments and you have a ton of energy and you already got done your current assignments, well, maybe you only do three of those 10 or four of those 10, right? You set a cap and you say, when I reach this cap, no matter how good I'm feeling, I'm done, right? I'm going to do something else that is not school and not work, Um, you know, and then you think about what is it that is going to continue to rejuvenate me, to help me feel restored, to help me feel, you know, like good about my life and about how I'm spending my time. So maybe that's you go and hang out with a friend. Maybe that's, you know, you, you cook a big meal, you know, whatever it is. But you set that maximum on your work so that you leave space for the rest of your life. So if you're on the other extreme, right, you're somebody who's pretty good at paying attention to yourself, pretty good at relaxing, pretty good at, you know, just doing things that make you happy, but maybe you're not so good at being motivated to work, right? Setting a maximum on how much time you spend on just yourself is going to kind of cover you and say, okay, like, you know, I can spend, I don't know, an hour on TV or I can watch two movies or something like that, right? You can put either a time-related maximum or a quantity-related maximum where, you know, maybe you're somebody who just really struggles with you spend a lot of time watching TV. It's just something that like comforts you and it's easy and it helps you not feel stressed and that's all fine and good. But if you're falling behind in school and if your grades are suffering and if your relationships are suffering, well, then you have to consider what am I going to do to take care of myself? How am I going to turn this around? And so you go, okay, you know, if I am used to having no motivation in school, so all I do is play Xbox for six hours, well, then you go, well, maybe my maximum is going to be three hours, you know, or four hours. And you can always adjust this maximum over time. So maybe you really struggle with being motivated and you just have such a hard time doing anything but these like leisurely activities. Well, maybe your maximum is just slightly less than what you've been doing before. So if you're somebody who is playing Xbox for six hours, maybe for a week you only play for five hours and then that one hour you spend on daily assignments or something like that. And you do that for a week and then the next week you go down to four hours, you know, or if a week isn't long enough, you wait two weeks and then you go down to four hours, right? So you are the only one who knows what a manageable change looks like in your life, but I would encourage you to have more faith in yourself than you think. Um, Especially when you do things in increments, your body, your mind, they adjust and they adjust relatively quickly if you have that kind of, you know, 
I don't know if discipline is really the right word, but if you have that, okay, this is what I'm doing and here's why. Um, so that's just a good example of how, you know, you're, you are designed to be able to adapt. Um, so I hope that was helpful. I hope that you guys kind of understand how to set minimums and maximums in your life and understand that you can use this system to create more balance in your life um, with school and with home life. So whether you're a student whose you know, school is everything and that's the only thing that you have time for and you feel like your life is nothing but school, this is going to help you um, by setting a maximum on school and setting a minimum on self-care. This is going to help you like start bringing that, that self-care component back into your life. If you're somebody who's the reverse and you're re- falling really far behind in school and you're having a hard time doing anything but just whatever the heck you want to do and what you want to do isn't school, then this is going to really help you. You're going to say, I'm going to set a minimum for what I'm going to do for school. And no matter what, no matter how much I want to play Xbox or whatever it is, I'm just stuck on that example for some reason, I'm going to do this minimum. Um, And that is really going to help you because bit by bit, you're going to be moving forward. And bit by bit, you're going to realize that, wow, I actually am a lot more capable than I gave myself credit for. And I actually am capable of setting aside small amounts of time to continue to move forward in my education. And that's really important. So if you have any questions about this system, if you need help setting up a system for yourself, you have some ideas, but you feel like you could benefit from having that conversation with somebody, don't be afraid to reach out to me. Um, In the comment section of this episode, I'll be sure to include my office hours, my work phone number, as well as my email. And, um, you know, if you're a South Kitsap student, you're welcome to reach out to me. If you go to another school and you want help of this nature, if you are in Kitsap County, um, you are welcome to email me and just ask me who is it that does that job at your school and I can try to figure that out. Um, I'm sure there is somebody like me at most schools here on the Kitsap Peninsula. So I'm a student assistance professional and there is quite a few of us out here. So if you have any interest in working with someone who helps you with your mental health and who helps you with any potential like substance use or anything like that in your life or just with, you know, kind of guidance and how to take care of yourself during COVID, I would encourage you to reach out to Um, whatever mental health provider is available at your school most schools have one of some kind a lot of them are student assistant professionals like myself but even if there isn't one of those at your school there usually is someone else who can assist you so south kids have students um, don't be afraid to reach out to me and i do hope to hear from you i hope that this was helpful and have a good day i will talk to you soon bye